Bitch, I'm finna, bitch, I'm finna boo. Bitch, I'm finna boo. Yeah, me and all my crew went from military infantry to goons. All because the feds forgot the people make the rules. Yeah, bitch, I'm finna boo. Yeah, I'm finna boogaloo. Like a movie that's coming to a reality near you. This is another episode of the Goon Squad podcast. I am one of your hosts, Classified Country Boy. This is Echo. This is Josie. This is Clayton Moore. And this is Malpractice Medic. So, uh, we... Wow, Joe Biden coming out and trying to lay down executive orders for gun control. Um, Absurd. And people... There are still people that want to try and continue arguing for the standpoint that a common sense gun reform is okay. Um, and I just think people need to wake up. I mean, because people are still choosing to ignore it, uh, the possibility that even this small, minute gun legislation uh, really has any effect. But, you know, the gun legislation that they're putting into place is they're trying to regulate ghost guns quote unquote. Um, and they're wanting to really take a hard stance with, uh, pistol braces. And of course there's the appointment of the baby killer to the ATF. Um, or I'm sorry, as you were AFT and people still are choosing to ignore because it's just easier or more comfortable. I mean, and I know a lot in libertarian circles, uh, it's, been a hot topic of conversation but of course in on the left and the right you know when when joe biden was threatening executive order i know on the right for example they were really worried and then he comes out and makes that statement of what he's talking about and then they just shrug their shoulders and walk away it's not a big deal anymore um but this kind of goes back to the whole like pistol brace and bump stock argument of it is a slow and de- slow deterioration of our Second Amendment rights, which, according to Joe Biden, is uh, not something that's set in stone as far as the Bill of Rights and can always be changed, which is absolutely untrue because the Bill of Rights are supposed to be inalienable rights and should never, you know, I mean, they're they're the Bill of Rights to protect the citizen from the government. And instead, the Constitution is just being used continually to write more government legislation that doesn't restrict the government, but actually restricts the people. So instead of it being a document of the citizens' rights, it's becoming another document to outline what citizens can't do. And this goes back to what I've said. A, a, a piece of paper should never outline what somebody's rights are. And it's bullshit to me that, you know, there's a lot of people that want to take this hard stance that, you know, the Constitution should be protected, which it should, in a sense, because the fact that a piece of paper has to tell somebody what they can or can't do as far as against humanity is absurd. I, I, and, and, and then you've got somebody like Joe Biden who doesn't live in reality that seems to think that the, the, the Bill of Rights and the Constitution can be changed and amended to basically support the government. And that's untrue. And again, People just want to stay asleep. It's more comfortable for them to just go ahead and shrug their shoulders at another piece of gun legislation and, you know, consider it of, well, they're not actually taking my assault rifle. That That's next. It's coming. Once they take the assault rifles, they're going to come for handguns. 
and so on and so forth until all that's left is maybe a single shot rifle or shotgun that you know only has hunting purposes and there's no self-defense behind it at all i mean for joe biden to come out and say to fire two shotgun blasts into the air (laughs) when somebody's trying to break into your house that's not i'm sorry you can you can possibly do that if you've got if you live in a gated community and you've got armed guards outside your uh premises where you live and not not in any scenario like my house for example i mean somebody comes to break into my house i'm my first and last line of defense I can't rely or wait for the police to get here. I can't wait to reload my shotgun because I can't have a large capacity magazine or have anything more than a single shot. Um, So that would just leave me screwed against, you know, multiple intruders that would be trying to rob my family or attempting to kill them. Um, So, I mean, what are, what are your guys' thoughts? What are you guys thinking about it? Well, one of the greatest sources of evidence for these types of uh, of uh, ideas that we are talking about here, like, you know, magazine size, reloading during a, a conflict situation like that when you're trying to defend yourself. Uh, not too uh, far back, I saw a video of a police officer who was defending himself against a guy who was crazed with a knife and he was trying to stab the officer ice pick style. Well, the officer shot him, emptied his magazine and had to reload. So one magazine and the guy was still standing coming at him deranged. So just imagine that with a a small magazine trying to reload while this guy is closing in on you. It only takes about 21 feet and that momentum from running, that person can get to you with whatever they got. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Yeah. I go back to politicians don't live in the same realm of reality that your average everyday and, I, and I'll venture to say middle-class American because, um, you know, with the, with the lower classes, the, the, the way the economy is set up, it's set up for lower class to fail um, financially because they have to leech off the government system. And so a lot of the lower class cannot buy or afford firearms. I mean, does that mean that all lower class can't? No, I'm not saying that at all. But it's harder for them to be able to buy or purchase weapons to defend themselves. And in those scenarios, you've got a politician that doesn't have to worry about it because they have an entourage or a detail with them at all times to be able to protect them before, you know, anything can happen to them. Whereas like where I go back to the middle class Americans, they don't have that. They only have what they have on them to protect themselves. And, you know, a lot of these people when they come under an attack or in, in, or they come under attack or they're in a scenario where they need to defend themselves, sometimes one shot isn't going to do it. And we've seen that, in, like you said, in police videos. Um, but that's, that doesn't, that doesn't register as a statistic that's important or that matters to these people when they write these, this legislation, because it goes against their narrative. They want to continue to push this narrative that guns are scary and guns are bad and guns are only intended to kill people on, in an offensive situation and not in a defensive situation. And then they want to chalk up at the end of the day that any firearm that would be used in a defensive scenario would realistically be just you know, one or two shots or 10 rounds max, you know, for some of these people, but 
some of these people that would come to rob you aren't in the right frame of mind because they're either under the influence of drugs and especially a strong drug like for example pcp you're not the the pain tolerance is going to be a lot higher and something that would you know typically knock somebody down after one shot you got an empty an entire magazine reload and go at it again but i don't i just i don't understand why politicians want to you know restrict law-abiding citizens for example from the means to defend themselves appropriately because one up to 10 rounds i don't think in my opinion is enough and and experts can't agree because there's been times ballistics have been pulled off of people where vital organs weren't struck to bring somebody down or bring an aggressor down and you know it, more than 10 rounds would have been enough to save that individual's life so I got in like a really heated argument online about this. They posted like a very, um, she posted a very stupid meme about how like, just basically for gun control or more gun legislation. And I talked about how gun control is racist and classist and all of that. And um, <clears throat> she basically laughed at me and was like, I'm going to have to go back and look at exactly what she said. So give me a minute. Okay. Um, then in that rate, Echo, I am yeah. a retard and forgot that you wanted to put your public service announcement out no, there. No, it's all good, man. We're we're already talking about the shit that I was going to talk about anyway. Oh, okay. I just wanted to draw attention to the, the history of where gun control comes from in American politics. I mean, it was first introduced by rich white Republican Californians as a way to disarm the black Panther party when they felt threatened that these people took the security of their community into their own hands because the police and the government wouldn't do their jobs for them. I mean, that's, that's, and this all comes from Republican Jesus himself, Ronald Reagan. I mean, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> The governor of California at the time that these laws were enacted, it was, and that's why California started the momentum of being the strictest state for gun legislation, was all started with Ronald Reagan. Now, I should clarify, uh, because it was pointed out to me previously, uh, gun laws are inherently racist. I've never disagreed with that. It def they definitely are racist. Um, the gun legislation that we know of today, uh, starting with the NFA, was with the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Uh, but gun control in history itself has been racist, going back to the slave laws. Um, so I should clarify that, uh, as I was called out. And, and this is exactly why I, you know, I've told people you know, to hit us up on Twitter, uh, because if there's anything that I'm misinforming anybody on or even misleading anybody on clarify it, call me out. Um, but yeah, uh, the gun legislation I was talking about last episode was pertaining to modern legislation that we know inherently it's been racist to keep guns out of, uh, the black folks hands, uh, because they would rise up against their masters and, overthrow them i mean and that was that was a big fear for the the white man at the time 
which is why, like, even during the Civil War, World War One, they were very hesitant to give them guns in general. And if they did, they put them in their own units or their own platoon uh, to serve and, and fight. So they weren't even allowed to fight side by side with the white man because, again, they were still afraid that the black man was going to use them against them. And, and, and black people, you got to understand the amount of power that your skin color holds to scare white people that much is amazing. I cannot fathom or understand why a, the color of your skin puts you in a different class or in a different mindset with people who have a different color than you do. But, but black people you really have a very unique power that when we talk about waking people up um, and, 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 and really trying to change people's minds, it is there. You, I, that is a very good community. You know, let's start getting that community to start carrying more weapons, um, being able to arm and defend yourselves. Uh, Black Guns Matter is a really crucial and important movement. I mean, and I'm not telling everybody to go out and buy AR-15s, AK-47s, whatever. I mean, just showing and proving that, you know, black gun ownership is important and should happen. Statistically speaking, the the minority communities are the ones more affected by gun crimes and gun violence. But that's also because statistically speaking, the minority communities do not own firearms to defend themselves properly. Just like any other law that the government puts in place to control these things, be it drugs or guns or whatever it is, these, these laws are going to impact low income and minority communities disproportionately i mean from enforcement on down the list in any possible way that you can think of it's going to come down on the minority communities harder than other communities simply because they are minorities and they they are prone to over enforcement well and that that dumbass candace owens really pisses me off because she (laughs) (laughs) tries to point out that the black community isn't being oppressed that there is no racist laws and she is a, a really big bootlicker and all about government as long as it's conservative yet she will point out that the democratic or the left side is the ones responsible for any oppression or negativity in the minority community and that's very contradicting because how can you say on one hand that the black community isn't being and and to to use your skin color as a way to reach these people 100 i agree with it that is a very powerful voice that people need to hear but don't mislead people or misinform them by telling them that they don't have to they don't have to deal with the oppression and that they should bend over to daddy government and then tell them at the same time that the Democrats or the the left side of the aisle are the ones responsible for oppressing them. Mm-hmm. Black, black people still have to deal with oppression. That's my argument to any white person that wants to stand there and say that all lives matter or that why why isn't anybody talking about the white crimes or anything else like that? Or they don't black people really don't face oppression. You don't have to live with that shit. You don't have to deal with their oppression. You don't have to deal 
with anything. When we talk about white privilege, it, you're able to speak from a standpoint where you don't have to deal with that. And I made a post on Twitter that a white person should not be standing there and making any comment for or against the black community because they don't have to, they don't understand and they don't have to deal with the oppression that the black people do. And when you got somebody who has a powerful voice like Candace Owens, because of her skin color, saying that black people don't have to deal with oppression, but then turning around and saying that black people are oppressed because of a political ideology, you're misleading people just based on a political bias. You can't just stand in the middle and say, we need to educate ourselves. We need to understand what is being put in front of us. We need to understand laws like the Great Society Act by Lyndon Baines Johnson were Lyndon's Lyndon Baines Johnson were thinly veiled racist laws that are still in effect today because it trickled down to each and every decade of every crime and oppression against the black community. Mm -hmm. Black lives matter, white people, black lives matter wouldn't exist today. If that's your problem, Black Lives Matter wouldn't exist today if white people weren't making laws that were inherently or thinly veiled racist laws. The Great Society Act is one of those laws. Do your research and go look into that, because what it does is it, what it did is it classified black people, or I should say what it did was it classified urban environments and poverty levels, and it grouped them into specific neighborhoods. And what happened was, is black people were the most affected by that because they were forced out of home ownership. Uh, black fathers were arrested and taken out of homes based on either gun crimes or drug crimes or uh, any other crime of that nature that they would typically assign or label to a black man versus a white man, take them out of the home and force the family into poverty. To where they had to leech off the government and get put into Section 8 housing or get put into a more lower income area of the neighborhood. And then once they did that, they infiltrated and started the crack epidemic, for example, which, by the way, was under the Reagan era coincidence and really started a huge epidemic of oppression that black people have to deal with. Why is it that the prison population is mostly black? Or some of the crimes that happen, and I'll have to go back and look at my facts because I'm, I'm probably butchering them at this point. But the reason why is because it was purposely done by laws put in place by white people. And white people want to stand there and defend and say that black people don't have to deal with oppression. Then you got somebody like Candace Owens, that dumb bitch, wants to sit and say black people aren't <laughs> oppressed. It's bullshit. Yeah, and I agree. And I mean, Candace Owens, I think she gets off on just being like i don't want to use the word tokenized but you know what i mean and like black people brown people minorities they're not monoliths you're gonna have part of them that go to the right part of them that go to the left and or some that are even centrist you know um so like to go back to what you're saying about like racist laws and all of that like first of all like the era of segregation wasn't that long ago. My dad remembers drinking out of separate water fountains. So it wasn't that long ago. Um, we have to acknowledge America does have a history of racism. Like it's not something that we can just forget about or be like, hey, you know, that was a long time ago. Why are you still bringing it up? Like it, was, it really was not that long ago. 
Schools and were segregated can... until the late 60s. Yeah. I, I, yeah. And like, it, it was fairly recent. Um, so if we're going to acknowledge that the system was was based off of racism, based off of classism and all of that, then like we have to acknowledge that some of these laws that we have now that were built on um, this very fucked up foundation will disproportionately affect minorities today. It's just the result of it. And I don't, I don't understand why there's so much controversy over it. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> and, and moving forward, these laws that are going to be continually put into place, no matter how minute they may seem, you know, oh, you know, oh, ghost gun, how is that going to affect me? Okay, well, let's think about this, for example, to buy a firearm, uh, chances are you have to have an ID. Actually, not chances are, you definitely have to have an ID. And to go to the Democrats' argument for voting laws, for example, um, mm -hmm. in their terms, it's hard for Black people to get a voter ID to go vote, so they want to change the laws for that. But right. if, if that's the case, and let's say a ghost gun is going to be their avenue of approach to go and buy a firearm, uh, because they don't have an ID to go and get one from a gun store, um, then basically you're telling me that black people are essentially not going to be able to go and purchase firearms in that avenue of approach because, and I'm going to paraphrase my perception of what the Democrats say, black people are too stupid to go and get an ID to go vote. Basically, and that is, that's what makes that argument invalid. Like even, so we found the flaw in that argument. Um, the way I see it though, it shouldn't be labeled as like a racist issue. If anything, that would be classist. There's people who just can't take the time off to go and like get IDs and whatnot because like they, they literally cannot afford to miss work. So for me, like that's more of a classist issue, but for them, but like you said to them, it just makes it seem like, well, all black people are too dumb to go get an ID. Well, and, and that's just the point of it. If, if it's really a big problem that, you know, black people cannot go and get IDs, I, I, I just, the, the validity of their argument, there's, there's no base to it without mm -hmm. them actually coming out and having to say, okay, all right, now I know because you're black, you can't get an ID. So I'm going to speak slowly so you understand me. We'll change the law so you don't need an ID to go vote to put more of us in office. Like, just come out and be honest. You think black people are too stupid. The, the, the Democrats literally are supposed to be a party that's progressive and for human rights, quote unquote, which is why they want to write this gun legislation in as they're trying to save lives and protect people. And it's another social epidemic that they want to take care of and protect people on. And mm -hmm. they're the ones responsible for a lot of the social uh, programs like welfare and all of uh, Medicaid, Medicare, food stamps. Uh, whatever 
else that I'm forgetting? All these different social programs put in place supposed to help people. Democrats are allegedly supposed to be the ones that are responsible for that because they're the ones for human rights or to take care of social economic issues. Why don't they institute a program then that would help ensure that if it's really a problem that black people can't vote, why not make sure that they have the tools or the ability to go do so then? If, you know, the problem is, is that in certain areas, because, and, and this is true, I, I, I can vouch for this. There's been times where voting polls and voting booths have been set up purposely away from black neighborhoods and made it harder because there's no vehicle ownership, um, getting to the buses and getting there on time. It's a whole, it's a whole ordeal and it makes it a lot harder for them to go vote. That is an issue. That is a problem. Why not institute a program where, okay, let's make sure that there's a voting booth in that neighborhood, that area. Let's make sure that we can set a program in place so that way there is mandated time off for them to go and get an ID so that way then they can go vote. And instead, and, and for the Democrats to come out and say it's easier to buy an AR-15 than to go vote, it is bullshit. I, I mean... It is not. It, it's really, especially speaking from my standpoint, where I went and purchased a gun earlier this year, I had to wait almost a week and a half before I was allowed to actually go and pick it up. The whole process was actually two weeks. There was uh, the actual like buying the gun, getting it shipped, and then waiting, processing all the paperwork, and then being able to go in and buy it and even then there was fees there were uh other process there's like all the paperwork and stuff that i had to fill out when i went and voted all i did was just made sure that my driver's license was current i registered in the district that i was in and i went into the office and just confirmed my name and went stood in line to vote that's all it was mm -hmm. i mean it literally could have been done within a half like three four days um, I mean, now yeah, I don't remember going through a background check last time I went to vote either. So, yeah. So, again, it, it's just it is another to Yeah, you could say classist. I, I, I definitely would agree with that because uh, that's always my argument against uh, like white privilege with certain racial arguments, um, because if you live out in a rural area white people are just as affected on certain issues and subjects as, as black people are, which also, if you move to an urban area, uh, then, you know, black people are definitely disproportionately on a higher level affected on certain issues than white people would. Um, so when you, when, when you want to institute where you just want to start changing voting laws and you want to start changing gun laws, you're making it a lot harder for people to protect themselves, white or black. And it definitely does affect the black community or minority community a lot more because of your arguments you put in place of an identification. So you're making it so that way black people don't have to go get an ID. And then when they want to go buy a gun, they can't do so because they don't have an ID. So you're making it harder. Instead, mm -hmm. put programs in, in place that would allow for them to go and do so. Yeah. Um like I said earlier, I got in an argument with this one girl online, and basically we were both able to agree that the system was broken, the system needed to be abolished, 
the system was built on racism, classism, all that jazz. And still at the end of the argument, she was like, but even though a more gun legislation would be a band-aid solution, we need to stop the bleeding. And I think that this is the sentiment that a lot of people carry that they know it's just a band-aid solution to that is not even touching the root of the problem. Um, but they just feel they need to stop the bleeding. They need to do anything they can to stop the gun violence. And um, in my in my opinion, I think the root of it all is mental health. I really do. I think people who want to be violent and want to hurt people suffer from some sort of mental illness. Um, and I think that by pushing for more gun legislation, pushing for those background checks, pushing for um, finding out their mental health history, it's just going to deter people from going out and seeking mental health. And then you have all of these mentally ill people who are not getting any sort of help. Well, the what other thing... Yeah, it creates an atmosphere of ostracizing mental health all over again. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that actually, I forgot to bring up when I was first talking about the executive order, Joe Biden was introducing red flag laws. Um, that also is going to create another uh, topic of cognitive, cognitive, cognitive dissidence because now there's a stigma attached with mental health issues and they're wanting to push all the background checks and mental health evaluations, by the way, at the, the purchaser's expense. Uh, there's also now the possibility of them wanting to push red flag laws. And that creates a whole new issue in itself because now you are basically making it so that way as far as we've come along with trying to understand accept and work and try and fix some of these mental health issues we're running mm -hmm. into where now it's going to be hard for people to bring these issues up and talk about them and seek the help that they need because they're afraid of the repercussions of what will happen i mean that's like being in the military People who have mental health issues do not go seek help, or at least when I was in, would not go seek help because they were afraid of the repercussions that would come out of it. Um, I know I knew a guy personally who I went to basic training with, who I got stationed with, and something flipped. Um, the guy had some serious mental health issues, and because he was too afraid to stand up and say something he allowed all the pressure to build up and finally he snapped one day and they it ended up being he had to be wrestled down and taken down to a mental health facility to receive treatment and then they kicked him out and he ended up out on a bad conduct discharge instead of a medical discharge which is wrong i mean that you just attach this file to this dude for the rest of his life and he is labeled. And instead of seeking the mental health that he needed, he was pushed in the opposite direction because it there, there was this fear that he could not go and seek help. 
then there's mm-hmm. also the other end of the spectrum too, where if we want to talk about, you know, that these mental health evaluations and background checks are going to really solve the problem. There were some really shady characters who got into the military and were able to pass all these tests and evaluations. Like it was just Mickey Mouse horseshit and made it through. And I mean, look at Fort Hood in 2009, for example, the major, a major, like to be in the military for that long, went and shot up Fort Hood. A major that like that guy flew under the radar for the longest time. Mm hmm. And you're telling me that all this stuff that you're going to put in place is going to fix anything. It's not, you're only going to attach a stigma and you're going to create ticking time bombs. Mm-hmm. Now um, I have a, sorry, I have a question. Yeah. Um, so like someone brought up a point about how we don't need gun legislation um, because the free market could actually provide that. What do you think about that? It's subjective. You could have the capitalist view of it where somebody just wants to make a buck um, and will sell anybody anything. Um, And then you have the other standpoint where a business owner could decide of being like, hey, I know you in my community and I don't want to sell you this because I know you have something wrong and Mm. therefore that person could decide to travel somewhere else and go buy and purchase a gun. I mean, I believe gun laws inherently are an infringement. They're a right that you're taking away from people. And I believe that there are times where problems in the free market and can solve itself. Um, But there are also just the special cases, too, that it just won't. And so it's hard for me to put an opinion on that for myself personally, because I have my own view. But to objectively look at it, would some regulation or monitoring be the answer? I don't think so, because... It's been proven time and again that no matter how many times that you could say that somebody's unfit to own a firearm, okay. they will still acquire it in some way, shape, or form. I've heard of people who are felons and have been to prison and are not allowed to own or purchase guns. Have somebody go and buy a gun, have it in their name, and go home, and that felon now is in possession of a firearm. Mm-hmm. Now, then it goes to where they want to put this loophole. Um, I forget like what it is because this is something else, too, that was also talked about in some of this gun reform that they want to bring out. Where they say, you can't go and buy a firearm for somebody else. How the fuck are you going to know? That's also already illegal. <laughs> yeah, it's already illegal. Just the same as like they want to talk about this gun show loophole. You can't that there's no there's no fucking loophole anymore. And this and this ghost gun thing that they want to talk about. The chances of somebody who just wants to go out and commit a crime for them to spend the time and money to 
take an 80% lower of whatever type of firearm and finish it off, buy the parts, spend the time to put it together. It's not the, the ease and the convenience goes out the window because a lot of these crimes that happen are based on convenience and accessibility. It's the crimes of opportunity. Yeah. It's the same as like when a kid takes a gun to school, we all know a kid should not be allowed to handle or have a firearm, but sometimes kids can be pretty crafty and figure out how to get into a gun safe or go grab one from their friend's house. I don't, I don't know, put it in their backpack and go to school. I mean, look at Columbine. I mean, kid wore a trench coat and had a shotgun. I I just, for me, that's why I think no matter what gun legislation you put in place, it's not going to solve the problem. Instead, you're just creating a different avenue for a problem to come up. Whereas if you were the whole anti-bullying thing that came out of Columbine, I mean, I know that they weren't actually getting bullied, but like, that's the, that's what they wanted to run with because then that would go back to like how it's really a mental health issue. Yeah. And, and there again, I mean, it's just the fear of going to go and seek help, which if you need help and you know, you need help, you should go. I mean, fuck what society thinks, fuck what politicians think. People occasionally need to go and seek help and talk to somebody. It doesn't make you any less of a person. It doesn't make you any less of a man. If you're a man to go and talk to somebody doesn't make you any less of a parent. It doesn't make you any less. Sometimes the stress of life really gets to you and you need to go and talk to somebody. You should. Don't be afraid. And you shouldn't be afraid. But these laws that are coming up that they're wanting to pass, it's going to make people absolutely afraid because it's just an opportunity for the government to be able to come in and confiscate firearms from somebody because they said that they had a bad day at work. And you know, it really had them all shook up and and worked up and all they needed to do was just go and vent. I mean, there's been times where, you know, like my boss has just been really fucked up to me, you know, and I've like said things in anger that I just needed to say out loud. And then I was fine. I was calm. I I was, I was okay. Like I didn't have any other issues at that point. I just needed to vent. Now it's going to take these points where people vent and try to release steam and they're going to use it as an opportunity to take people's rights away from them. That's, that's scary. Yeah. It's a dangerous precedent because then it's going to get to the point where, Oh, we think you're going to do something. So we're going to go ahead and take your guns from you now. So, I mean, that's what all this is. And that's, you know, circling back to what we start talking about at the beginning. At what point are people going to wake up and realize that there's very dark and sinister things happening right in front of us? I mean, the tyranny is not even hiding itself. To say that no, uh, you know, nothing in the Constitution is absolute, that's pretty alarming. I mean, you know, I mean, obviously we know that there's a lot of, you know, government's bad, but, you know, it's, it's been accelerating pretty quick. So... You know, anybody what, what? who thinks 
that the government won't do anything tyrannical just because they're here for the good of the people or whatever reason you want to give. Look at 2020. Over the course of about a week, the the powers that be took freedom of movement and everything else away from the entire country with next to no opposition. In this case, it was ostensibly for a good reason, but who's to say that it will be for a good reason next time they decide that they don't want us going outside? Well, uh, very objectively a good reason. I, would, I, I don't know about that. I mean, subjectively. Sorry. Well, let's uh, let, let's shift the focus for a second then, and 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 let's. Let's think about what the CDC guidelines, uh, mask mandates, um, those rules that are in place, uh, how they're now saying, based on vaccination, you're allowed to gather or you're not allowed to gather. You have to wear a mask. You don't have to wear a mask. Let's think about now what is currently going on. Uh, I don't remember where that volcano erupted, um, but... The people being evacuated uh, via cruise ship, they have to be vaccinated. And basically, that's based on a government organization, the Center for Disease Control, that is making that rule where now people's lives are at stake because they didn't get a shot. Or they didn't get two shots. And so now, instead of being able to evacuate and get to safety, they now have to suffer the consequences of not doing what the government asked them to do. This right here is a highlight to what the future is going to bring. For the gov- for the president of the United States to come out and say that the Constitution can be rewritten and for them also in a separate scenario tell people how they can live or how they can die because of a natural disaster and now they're pushing the gun legislation it is setting a precedent it's foreshadowing what what is to come there, there will come a point where they're going to rewrite more government legislation that's more restrictive, and they're going to write more laws that prevent people from protecting themselves or deciding that enough is enough. People, you got to wake up. you got to pay attention to everything around you. The fact that they're going to, like, and, and I don't know exactly how bad because i'm not there i've just really kind of briefly read through some of the information about this this uh, volcano eruption that's happening somebody feel free to speak up and and let me know what country it's in or what island um but the fact that they're being evacuated and it's based on vaccination efforts or not i mean you know what's going to happen when they decide to start quarantining entire zones of somebody's city and moving people well hey you weren't vaccinated. You need to go live in this corner of your city. Um, you know, for me, I'm going to tell them to go get fucked. 
well, based on the gun legislation and gun laws, let's say I was the one that would like bend over and say, hey, yeah, here, take my shit. I have no way to really back up or defend me staying in my home. Based on me getting a vaccine or not. And I mean, it was written into the Constitution. It, it, it this, um, this actually wasn't, but in a future sense or scenario in Minecraft, uh, the government decided that based on the Constitution that they rewrote that if you don't have a vaccine, you can't live in this area or you have to move to a certain camp and you can't own firearms because you don't have a vaccine. And by the way, you can't vote either to change that law because you don't have an ID. Well, now, now they're rewriting it so that way you can, but now they're also writing it so that way certain individuals who don't even have residents of this country can now make have a voice. Oh, by the way, another big thing Joe Biden is attempting to do is uh, change the Supreme Court from being what it is now by appointment. He's trying to basically shift the balance of power. So that way he can just go ahead and start overriding any time that there's a filibuster or a gridlock in Congress. So, therefore, all these elected officials and representatives that you think are there to represent you in government are now just soaking up your tax money. And their job is not important because they don't support the current presidential power. And if they don't support the current presidential power. They'll just be voted down by the Supreme Court. Kills the separation of power. And so therefore, you They'll can't get voted your- down and replaced with a child murderer. Yeah. And therefore, you can't defend yourself. You can't properly vote these people into office. And you need to show your papers. So this uh, explosive eruption Thank you. was the La Soufrière volcano on the eastern Caribbean island of St. Vincent on Friday. So this hasn't erupted, I think, in about 40 years now. Yeah. Um, as for the evacuation only with the vaccination pass thing, um, I think the cruise ships that were being questioned about that subject were the Royal Caribbean Cruises and Carnival Corporation cruise ships. Um, on Bloomberg, it says that Carnival said it was not making a vaccinations a requirement for this humanitarian mission. So that's what they say. I guess we'll have to wait a little bit longer for the truth to come out. Yeah, of course. I mean, of course, that's what they're going to say when they're being brought up to question on it. I mean, because yeah. very it's a pretty bold accusation. They're probably just with their hands in the air, like who hey, said that? Out. Carnival um, Carnival said that. Yeah, in a statement over the email. That they well, Carnival's fucking shit bags, man. I don't believe a word they say. They've been caught dumping sewage in the so many fucking oh, yeah. times. Sewage, <laughs> trash, everything. Yeah, no. They, I dude, I read some statistics. It was a few years ago. I I don't have the numbers anymore. But like the amount of fucking garbage and trash that they were putting in the ocean, the fact what's fucked up is cruise cruise liners are not typically, I should say, not typically headquartered in the United States. Therefore, they're not bound by a United States law for the EPA, for example, 
And so they're able to go and into international waters and just dump all this trash and pollution and garbage and bullshit in the fucking water. And yet some of these people that are the executives in some of these countries will be at the table of like climate change or climate control and, you know, talk about how it's such a problem and it needs to be addressed. And it's like, yeah, well, your company's the one that's dumping this shit in the water and destroying fucking ecosystems, you idiot. Besides, besides that, Carnival makes Carnival by themselves makes more emissions than all of the fucking cars in Europe combined. Wow. It's impressive. And that's not even counting the dumping of the sewage or the garbage or any of that shit. That's literally just carbon emissions from running their boats. But yeah, no, we've we've reached a point, America. Uh, now is the time to wake up uh, blatantly on live television in front of the entire world. They have openly stated that your rights and your life do not matter because it gets in the way of government. And if it gets in the way of government, it needs to be rewritten and it needs to be readdressed needs to be refocused and and i've talked before that you know the the whole congressional setting needs to be redone anyway and relooked at because the amount of representatives anymore that they have in government really doesn't actually balance out the real voices in america because it's highly disproportionate i mean 325 million people in america Represented by what is it, 435 representatives in the House, uh, 100 members in the Senate, and then appointed members in the judicial system based on whatever political argument is in office at the time. That is, that's, that's very outweighed. I mean, people are not being represented accurately and that's a lot of the reason why some of these cutards have come up out of the woodwork is because they knew their voices weren't being accurately represented and, and they latched on to donald trump because he wasn't a part of your typical status quo at the time now some of these trump derangement syndrome people don't realize is that trump decided to go with the status quo because it was much easier to do that it was much easier to pass things and be an ass on twitter um, to show he was tough, but behind closed doors, the guy was just like any other president, just like any other politician. He didn't give a shit about your rights. He didn't ever live any of the working class life that anybody else has in America. And all these people that continually get voted into office are not your working class citizen. They are the ones who have really never experienced a lot of hardship in life. Now there are. I, be- I don't understand how working class Republicans felt represented by a millionaire, a billionaire, by a New York Democrat. Yeah, a New York never, Democrat. Yeah, basically, and he never did any sort of trade, like ever, like oh, like these working class people do, you know. So I don't understand how they felt represented. It doesn't make sense. And, and, and to make sure I correct myself, 
as much as I loathe the woman, I'd say probably the closest representative that would be in office right now would be Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez as she was a bartender, but she still doesn't live in the same realm as everybody else does, but she's also a product of being a part of a system where change wasn't happening. And that's the reason for her radical democratic socialism is because there's just the misunderstanding there that if you have more government allegedly helping everybody with these economic programs and social programs um, that that's going to solve the problem. But all that it's doing is it's just taking rights away from people more and more. And it might work for a generation, but you're setting the way and paving the way for the next generation of politicians to use that shit to their advantage, just the same as Trump did. He set the way for this executive order bullshit, like with gun legislation, for example, uh, with the bump stocks, which wasn't important to the conservatives back when it first happened. And now we're seeing the product of that and how now a Democrat who is anti-gun is able to rewrite and write executive legislation, which now there are um, certain groups like the Firearms Policy Coalition uh, that will fight this uh, to the end. Uh, the NRA, as much as I dislike that organization itself, um, they are going to be lobbying against it, too. Uh, but the problem with the NRA is, is they've proven in history that they're willing to compromise at, with some of the change. Um, but I mean, that's just that's where we are. That's the do you that's mean roll over and take it? Basically, yeah. You know, so wake up, America. I mean, this is a libertarian podcast, uh, boogaloo podcast, whatever you want to call it. The reason for the libertarian or boogaloo is that we try to be centrist and look at things from both sides and look at human rights. And they are being tread upon and and nothing's being done about it. It's being covered up on mainstream media. Um, the wrong defense for the wrong political organization or opposition is being held. And you've got right-wing conservatives that argue that black oppression doesn't exist and you've got the left-wing conservatives that argue that black oppression does exist and they're the ones that are fucking doing it themselves at the same time they're also trying to take gun rights away from people and the conservatives are just willing to compromise with it and allow for certain gun legislation to pass meanwhile the constitution's being rewritten as we sit and watch it happen no more excuses yeah. No more. No more. It has Stop. to it has to end. Step up, say something, inform people, teach people, wake them up to this. I mean, do the research on your own. Whatever I misspoke on. The fact if you come out on Twitter and I know I made fun of uh Jimmy Young. Um giving you a shout out here, bud, for calling me out and correcting me. Um my intent was one way, but you are absolutely correct. Uh, but I encourage that. Do your research. Share the facts. Share the information. Because while you're doing that, other people are seeing it as well. So especially on this episode, I know I probably misspoke a few facts or statistics. 
correct me. Do the research, get it done, learn yourself. That's more information and knowledge you're arming yourself with that you can share with others. And that's what needs to happen. Instead of standing there and arguing with people and calling them stupid, you have to understand and make them understand, help them understand why they could be wrong or why what's happening now is wrong. Yeah. And take into account um, where they're coming from and how that's influenced their outlook on things as well. And because a lot of times that can help you relate to them on maybe a different level and you can better explain to them what is going on and what's happening. Exactly. Make it a point to have a conversation, not an argument. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and we, we talked previously um, because this is just going to pave the way for more that we have to talk about. Um, like on our next episode, we want to talk about uh, the court cases that set it up to where you are your only defense. You are your only protection because police are not obligated to help you. And instead they are obligated to uphold what the politicians say. Um, so you, that's going to be, that's going to be on the next episode, everything that's happening now. It's just people that are supposed to help you are not going to be there. The politicians are supposed to represent you. They're not representing you. And even if the, even if there was a good cop or even if there was a good politician, they're going to be overridden. They're going to be overruled. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what they think. It doesn't matter what they say. So, but I mean, we will definitely touch upon, um, DeShaney versus Winnebago, Castle Rock versus Gonzalez, the town of Castle Rock versus Gonzalez. Um, and it will even touch on the Chicago gun ban. Um, and then we'll also talk about the comparison of the prohibition and the war on drugs and even connect them to, uh, what they're hoping to pass with gun legislation as well. Um, shout out to, to drugs though, for winning the war on drugs. Um, and defeated. Yeah. Absolutely annihilated, pulverized to powder. So, but uh, I haven't met, I didn't mention this when we opened uh, and I didn't mention this even before the show, but I kind of want to actually steer toward a lighter mood. uh, What I think is kind of funny. Mike Dunn, his uh, little YouTube clip that he put out there. This is not a lighter note. This is are a we still, Are note? we still talking about this fucking guy? Can he <laughs> oh, just go did away? Did I don't want to talk happened? about Mikey. You guys see that hot garbage that he put out there? I have not. Oh, like five seconds of it. I just, he can... I hope a billboard falls on him. What is this latest fuckery? Someone please enlighten me. He put out a video about, I don't even know if it's still up or not, uh, but he basically was coming into defense about how he's not a fed, um, that he reported somebody because they were allegedly going to blow up a hospital. Oh, Um, God. Yeah. Nobody said you're a Fed. We said you're a fucking narc, which you are. So everything but the Fed thing lines up. <laughs> even even if he wasn't a fucking Fed, all of the stories that he told 
none of it lined up. If anything, he's a liar. And I don't want to be associated with someone so fucking sketchy like that. Uh, he's at the very least an informant, obviously. I mean, fuck that. He may as well be a fed. Yeah. I Dude, fucking glow so bright you can see him from space. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the things that I always have said, and I've used Mike Dunn as a point of reference, is too many people bitch that not enough is being done for the movement. One of the positive things Mike Dunn ever did was he was one of the loudest voices out there. And unfortunately, because of that, he brought a lot of negative attention toward the movement with his voice and his stupidity. Um, Again, if you don't want somebody to speak for you, speak up yourself. Uh, So anybody that's listening to this, just know that the majority of any libertarian circles or boogaloo or anything do not agree with Mike Dunn or a lot of the things that he has said. Now, there's been a lot of things that he has said that would be agreeable, but at that point, because it comes from him, it it's hot garbage. It goes out the window. This bullshit video that he posts about him not being an informant or not being a fed, that things were taken out of context, that there was proof, but then he wants to say that he doesn't have proof of it, that there's still an investigation. I mean, this, this guy, He's saying that allegedly somebody was threatening to blow up a hospital and left him stranded. And so he stole the guy's truck, took his guns and took him into uh, the police. And he said that anybody in his situation or scenario would have done the same thing. And that he doesn't feel that even though he came out and said that it would be looked at bad, that he doesn't think it's fair. People are going to look at him this way. But by the way, he's done with the movement and everything else like that. Dude, as many times as he said that he's been done with the movement. Why in the fuck is he popping up again? I mean, right? That's the same fucking thing I told him when he would be like, I don't like doing interviews. I don't like being on this and that. I don't like. Stop getting in front of a fucking camera. Then shut up. Otherwise, just say you like it and then I won't call you out on it. But like, you're fucking disingenuous and you're lying. I literally came across an interview on YouTube. I wasn't looking for it. And actually, even even so, it was on my personal YouTube as well. I have a YouTube account uh, for my screen name, and I have a YouTube account for my government name. I was under my government name, and an interview came across from Mike Dunn. I searched nothing related to the movement, libertarian-wise or anything. The most libertarian thing that i i watch on my youtube is demolition ranch if you're listening to this mac matt character come on our show sponsor a podcast something that would be that would be badass that'd be cool yes um or fly me out to your ranch i want to shoot some things blow things up um anyway that's the most libertarian thing i would say that is on my youtube and for the fact that this interview with mike dunn came across shows that he had and and this isn't even anything that i knew he had recorded it was one of it was an interview that followed him when he went to newport news police station and had a armed protest there and uh you know they interviewed him then you cannot tell me that when you have media in your inbox because that's how a lot of this starts and happens and i know personally because they've reached out to me personally either through twitter or through email they try, they ask and request for an interview. You are allowed to say no. Instead, 
there are multiple multiple agencies new york times um i i want i want to i could be wrong i think there's associated press and i think maybe even reuters that he did an interview with um you yeah you may not have sought this out but you definitely welcomed it and welcomed it with a smile and then yeah you had to make effort to be in the media the amount that he is yeah the fact that his name when i first came into the movement that was around the time that he was like a meteor into fame in the movement he was just i mean rising to fame in the movement and there was a lot of people that idolized this kid and I immediately, just from watching some of the interviews that he did, I was, I have always been outspoken against him and I've even talked with him about it. And now he, you know, it has reached this downfall of his fame in the movement and he's not taking it well. He's not. Well, that's the only reason he's here. He he was doing interviews with Vice News and shit before the whatever movement was even a thing yeah yeah because they were following him when he was just was a three percent or whatever yeah yeah exactly you know he had a point where he did really good work i'll defend him all day long on that some point along the way something happened and i will not say that he's a fed i will not say that he's an informant i will not entertain that argument until i see verifiable proof but i will say that there has been enough corroboration and enough information that has come out that would make it appear that he is so for the the tantrums that he's been throwing lately that's all he's being known for and so now the interview that i know he did really well because i watched with alex jones he has like undone that and he is, I'm willing to bet Alex Jones is laughing his ass off. I thought his interview with Alex Jones was horrible. I thought it was so bad. And I told him, I went on Twitter and I told him. I, I thought it, I thought it was good because it wasn't typical Mike Dunn bullshit. He played the game that Alex Jones was trying to bait him into. And he did it very well. But then shortly after, actually, it was what? Not even a week later. That's when this shit popped off where all of a sudden people are now saying he's a fed because these videos and recordings and stuff came out that, you know, he turned somebody in. And if if the scenario is true that, you know, somebody was about to blow up a hospital or whatever the case might be. Empathetically, I could say in that same scenario, I would certainly uh, take action to prevent that from happening, but I don't think that I would have taken the action that he did. I probably, I won't, I won't say what I probably would have done, but I definitely would have prevented that from happening, but it's just, it sounds very suspicious to me, his story and for him to come out and actually make a video to refute the claims against him, I think to me only makes a stronger case against him in general. I mean, whether or not you think he's a fed or not, I just kind of think like in general, You've claimed to have dropped the movement, drop the movement, move on, and people need to forget about this kid. So I just I thought it was funny to bring up because he he just he's like 
a bad hemorrhoid that just won't go away. <laughs> I mean, you, you push hard enough to keep him away and to keep him out of the conversation and you push just a little too hard and boom, right there. You got a painful shit. I That's prefer hemorrhoid over Mike Dunn any day. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'd rather I'd rather have to dab to wipe my ass than to have to deal with Mike Dunn. <laughs> Wait, so where do I get anti Mike Dunn cream? <laughs> well, you can't. That's the problem. God. That's that's <laughs> why I'm Michael Jesus. But with that, I'm going to go ahead and put uh, my plug in. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter uh, and reach out. DM me, comment on whatever, tag me in whatever, correct me, uh, do your research, do your facts, present it. Uh, you can be found at Class Country Boy on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Afraid Chair. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Um, I'm on Twitter at Coke and Cake. I apologize in advance for all the dumb shit I post. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's entertaining. Yeah, it is very entertaining. <laughs> Good content. I'm on Twitter at I am Clayton Moore. And you can follow the show at the Goon Squad PR, also on Twitter. Thanks for listening, and keep an ear out for the next episode. Um, we are going to try and get some guests lined up on the show and try to go ahead and start pushing forward where we can start having a, a new voice every episode moving forward. So if you're listening to this and you want to be on the show, uh, hit one of us up, let us know, and, uh, we'll try to get you work in and get you, uh, a topic or show notes or something like that to go over and think of what you want to say. Um, or even if you have something that you want to you want to talk about as far as a organization movement, whatever it is, that's what you want to talk about. Bring it up. We'll, we'll talk about it. And with that, this is the Goon Squad podcast. Drink water. Bitch, I'm finna. Bitch, I'm finna boo. Bitch, I'm finna boo. Yeah, me and all my crew went from military infantry to goons All because the feds forgot the people make the rules Yeah, bitch, I'm finna boo Yeah, I'm finna boogaloo Like a movie that's coming to a reality nation